Hello, and welcome to some Derps Talk About Games. I'm your host, Mango. And I'm your host, Buddy. And today we've got a special guest. I am Mark, everyone. Nice to meet you. You might know Mark from such th- from such Derp Play Games adventures as Felox in Iron Gods or The GM in Rise of the Rune Lords. <laughs> or coming soon, Dead Space 3 playthrough. <laughs> okay, that too. Exclusive reveal here, folks. But anyway, before uh, we have Mark on to talk about uh, the Occult Adventures stuff, our special spooky Halloween episode. But before we launch into that, buddy, why don't you tell the listeners what we do on this podcast? Well, it's pretty simple, Mango. We talk about games. Uh, yeah, this week we're going to be talking about the Occult Adventures uh, source book that just got released for the Pathfinder um, you know, RPG, RPG. system. Uh, re- really, I think we're going to focus on the classes and talk a little bit about the extra stuff that comes in a little bit later. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't mind just diving right into this bad boy. Um, I guess the first question I have for you guys is what is your favorite class in the Occult Adventures book? Oh man, favorite class. That's, that's a tough one. Well, with, with the recently released Splat book, which um, added a couple of uh, different options in, I might have to say... Kineticist, just because there's a phytokineticist now, and wood-themed adventurers are always my favorite. Just to be um, clear, you're talking about the Occult Origins? Is I believe the... it was in Occult Origins, yeah. Okay. It's Occult yeah. Origins. Yeah. Um, but I'm, but that's mostly because of the wood theme and not because of any real mechanical-like stuff. And I, I think Mark also really likes Kineticist, right? Yeah, I like all of the uh, classes in Occult Adventures, but the Oof. Kineticist holds a near and dear place to my heart just because it's basically uh, Avatar the Last Airbender, which is pretty neat. But uh, the others are all pretty solid. I just think um, in particular, the ones that stand out as maybe less good are the Medium and Spiritualist, though. Ooh, interesting! I don't know that I agree with that. Uh, I have a particular heart on uh, specifically for the uh, psychic, I actually think the psychic is a tremendously well-designed class, and I really like that it uh, it sets a pattern for how Paizo is, um, you know, approaching ninth-level spellcasters and moving forward with them uh, design-wise. Uh, you know, first the Arcanist and then the psychic. You know, however month I guess a year later uh, have both been really well-designed ninth-level spellcasters, and I think that uh, that's probably my favorite class coming into occult adventures really yeah i, I mean what, like what I, the, uh, <laughs> what about the disciplines did you really like or the frantic amplifications because i know you have a uh, profound dislike or distrust at the very least for traditionally psionic kind of well yeah I, I guess i'll get this one out of the way i really really dislike psionics as they were originally published in uh you know D D. I actually really didn't like Psionics when they were published in 4th edition, um, which is kind of interesting because I've always, I I liked a lot about what happened in 4th edition. I I thought a lot of the kind of flavor of 4th edition was right on the money, but the Psionics really just felt off. Um, I thought the in 3.5, the design with PowerPoints and everything, not that I've really paid attention or looked at the design since I've become an enlightened podcast host, um... I, I just I didn't necessarily think that the three five design was really up there, and so I think in comparison, 
the psychic spells and you know the the phrenic amplifications and the way that psychics cast their spells versus the way that you know mesmerists cast their spells versus the way that you know obviously all of these spellcasting uh classes in occult adventures do it was uh was pretty well designed by comparison and i think having psychic spells as its own unique category you know independent of arcane and divine was a good fundamental choice for how to set set aside their magic interesting yeah um so yeah i, I actually think i agree with you i think that the uh the psychic's actually very, very cool. I think some of the things you were alluding to with, like, the nine-level spellcasters, like, I like the, um, the leveled spellcasting and a lot of things, the ability to downcast things. I think that's really cool and, you know, kind of, like, fits to, like, a standard of, like, letting, like, letting power feel like it grows with the player without having to be, you know, kind of pigeonholed by the fact that, like, well, Fireball's level 3 spell, so it can only get so f powerful. The idea of, like, a Fireball growing with your character, if you want your character to be a Fireball character, is a pretty cool thing, and yeah, that meta magic didn't really definitely. do that as much. I would really like to see that actually kind of implemented on the whole for all spell lists, you know? I think under you're, you're alluding to the undercasting system, which is kind of funny because it was such a big thing in my head, but when you actually read the rule set, it's like two paragraphs at the at, like at the tail end of one column. You're really not all that much. Uh, but I actually I think undercasting is a great great system, and I think it's really well designed, especially for spontaneous casters because it really frees up their spell lists. Um, you know the idea that a a psychic can keep leveling up and t you know and popping ego whip or uh, whatever is mind thrust into their top level spell slots so that their dps is you know hardcore and at the same time filling in those those background slots with the you know the more niche stuff the more supportive stuff because they don't necessarily you know like when i when i'm getting my first you know level three level four spell all of a sudden my level one and my level two slots are a lot less it, it's a lot less necessary for me to pump those slots full of dps spells um, and for, full of my, you know, like main bread and butter, butter spells, and I can really open up in terms of flexibility. So I really think that system is, that system is great. Um, I guess the other thing that I really enjoy about psychics is I thought all of the psychic disciplines were appropriately flavored, uh, and they read a lot like Sorcerer Bloodlines to me. You know, I, I'm a big fan of the Sorcerer Bloodlines. I think the Sorcerer Bloodlines are probably the best, you know, class feature, um, among the ninth level, you know, like the whole run of ninth level spellcasters. Um, and so it was, I thought it was really smart for them to basically just pour it over bloodlines into these um, psychic disciplines. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I, I agree entirely. Um, I think I, I, I'm a big fan of the, uh, of the psychic class. Um, honestly, I, and I'm also actually, it's not strictly the class material, from a cold adventures, but I'm a big fan of the uh, kind of um, flavor that they've been able to give to the existing classes with uh, archetypes that kind of take from this cult stuff. Like um, in your upcoming Hell's Rebels game, I was thinking about playing an investigator with psychic spells, um, and they he gets six levels of the psychic spells, and that's pretty fantastic, right? It gives you it. Know, to be completely honest, I actually kind of think I prefer that as base design over the investigator as in what way almost uh I, I i just really really like the idea of the investigator being a psychically flavored um 
class. I don't know. I it, it's 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 hard for me to explain how much how I feel about that. I actually disagree. I think the uh, the investigator particularly works well with um, you know kind of whatever spell list you want to slap on it. The alchemist is really good for this traditional kind of you know smart guy who uses chemistry and all this other you know doohickeys to kind of you know discover and investigate whereas the psychic investigator i feel gives a very different flavor as far as like a more um like yu yu Hakusho style character which is really cool but i think it's uh i think there's very few things the psychic uh spell casters do better than the uh the arcane or divine and i think it's really interesting like i think the 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 component change it's to what emotion and thought components i think and i thought that was a really interesting change just as far as the mechanics go uh to be honest i actually think it's more of a quality of life change in a certain sense because it's very rp focused right i feel like components as they're as written for you know arcane and divine are just kind of rules that don't you know what i mean like it's Unless you're going to shell out 5,000 gold or whatever to buy the spell components for Raise Dead or, you know, like, whatever those kinds of components are. I feel like most of the time they're just kind of throwaway, right? You don't really interact I mean, with I, them. I feel like that's true for, for material components, but I think somatic and verbal components have their time this. And I think the emotional and the, uh, and the what's the, what's the, then the thought components are, are a good complement to that. Because, like, you know, verbal and somatic verbal like they they are various they're about equal to disable one's like a pin one's like a a, sil- a silence effect of some sort i think the emotional and thought components are, are also pretty cool because one's like a mind affecting effect right which are fairly common but not so common right and it's also a cool way to like let your players kind of screw with spellcast right like those intimidate checks become so much more valuable if you've got an emotion based spellcaster um, yeah that's as opposed true. to just a minus two what I mean, what I really mean is like, uh, it's it's a lot. It's easier to interact with the RP of an emotional component and a thought component than it is with the RP of a verbal component, a somatic component, right? You know what I mean? Yeah, and I think that that's yeah, a really I, that's yeah. a neat focus. Okay. Um, also, uh, the other thing I wanted to mention because this this is really the core of what I think of when I think of um, these ninth level spellcasters being well designed. The base wizard really has no secondary stat to take, except for dex, really, right? Because he's going to be making ranged touch attacks. So wizard should, maybe. Theori- should theoretically build, um, you know, what? right, another physical stat, right? Should theoretically build intelligence and then physical stat, right? Connor dex, right? Sorcerers are kind of the same thing. Uh, you know, clerics are a little bit different because they're wisdom and charisma, and everything, and um, I really like that the both the Arcanist and the Psychic are super focused on mental stats, right? Your your Arcanist has to take Intelligence and Charisma. Those are his big, big power stats. Um, and the same thing is true for Psychic some of the time. Sometimes it's Wisdom instead of Charisma. Um, and I think that that's a great way to kind of balance around the power of these classes, because they're not going to be hitting their spells as often, you know, because they have these poor base attack bonuses. Um, they're going to be very <laughs> comparatively fragile. Um, and that, that I feel like, is better designed because it, it, it allows you to pump more power into the spells and the magical abilities of these classes um, rather than kind of 
you know, go half and half on that power a little bit because your wizard and your sorcerer are just going to kind of optimally be a little bit more robust than your psychic or your arcanist. Uh, and I think, uh, I think that's a good focus. Honestly, I think that focus also extends out to the other classes on this list, right? The idea that kineticist is a con-based class is awesome to me. I really like that design. You know, actually, I, t I kind of take issue with that. I think it's a good component, but making a con-based, uh, what is essentially a spellcaster, is kind of a uh, dangerous design decision. I definitely think that the archetypes let you swap it out for wisdom and charisma, which is the overwhelming soul and ascetic um, kineticist, I think. Like, I think those are interesting, but I think having a con-based caster as just a baseline function is cool. But as far as balance goes, it's kind of giving a class the best possible stat to dump into because nobody can really be faulted for a really high con. When that con affects your save DCs, your hit points, your fort saves, it's uh, it's really interesting. I just wish that the class itself wasn't so heavily based around uh, con as a casting stat. You know, uh, I, I actually agree with the principle that you're getting at, right? That a, a con-based caster in principle is a kind of a poor design decision because you're right it is kind of triple dipping and you know all yeah of these, and, and, these and they stats. they nerfed but, the scarred witch doctor which was a con-based witch um it used to be like the scarred witch doctor used to be a con-based witch but then they switched it to um gets an extra two points of intelligence for casting purposes um for because so that the orcs could take them and not be nerfed to the ground yeah, I, I, the, the thing that I like about Kineticist, and the thing that makes Kineticist kind of the exception to me, is the burn system. Uh, if, if Kineticist was a con-based caster, so to speak, without a system like burn, I think they would probably be overpowered, right? But, you know, basically, in order for a Kineticist to cast his spells, he keeps having to accept all this non-lethal damage, um, and that, you know, that brings down the amount of power that goes into the class because all of a sudden he can't just be a soak tank see i i'm, I'm going to kind of go like a, another step further or further i i think that the the burn system is actually a little bit too punishing um just because of the way that the the hit die works and that the burn system is always your your um your class level and damage you're all you're like as you level up your average hit points per level is is, is inevitably going down since it started at full and you're burning like a larger percentage of your health at every level with each point of burn you accept, and I, I think that's actually a little bit too limiting. It seems um to me. I actually think that a lot of the specific class features kind of mitigate that. You know, like the gather power class sure. feature, which allows you, you know, it's what or it might not be called that, but I think it's it's uh, gather you know, power and um, the internal buffer. Yeah, you can you can kind of accept this burn, uh, or you can spend actions. You know, you can let your action economy take that hit hit for you, um, and uh, I think that that's a pretty good way to work around it. Uh, I thought so. I think some of the burn costs are a little bit too high, specifically. Yeah, that might be a good um, point. You know, I there are some of them that I'm just like, wow. You know, that's. That's, like, really three burn, that's really four I, burn. You know, actually, as far as the burn cost goes, I think they're almost a little too low, because between infusion specialization and all these things you can do to mitigate them, you know, if you want to make a, you know, compare this to a 3-5 Warlock, if you want to have, a like, a caster class that can, you know, throw down all day, that's really cool, but I think you should have some sort of opportunity cost for that. And between um, 
infusion specialization and you know gather power in particular it's kind of uh i feel like there's no real resource sink as you gain levels and you learn more powers because for instance at you know level three you can take the maximum like the highest burn power you can take i think is two burn which is you know that at level three is pretty punishing but by the time you get to level eight or nine and you can take a four burn it's still only going to cost it's only in reality going to cost you one or two and i think that that I mean, sort that, of that, that's still that, yeah that, that two is still like the same percentage of your or a greater percentage of your health over the like like for for the particular spell right like, right like that two burn is still you know 20 ish percent of your health mm-hmm. um which i think is, is is part of the reason is part of the thing that mitigates that to go to go back to the burn topic though, I think actually the kinetics is relatively you know it is unique in the fact that um, it has the only class feature in the game that makes you more vulnerable as you gain levels. And I think on a design perspective that seems a little wonky, but I think that's also kind of cool in the sense that like you're capable of essentially enduring more punishment because the, like the output you're getting from spending five percent of your life or whatever gets a higher net benefit and i think that's an interesting design decision i i also think that in general um it's compensated for well you know they get the uh i, I think it's called elemental overflow which is the you know when you have a certain amount of right. burn sunk in your you know your attack and damage goes up uh also there are the defensive ta- or the defensive yeah no defensive <laughs> talents i think they're called they get um more powerful as you burn into them you know, um, and I think that the, that that stuff does make up for it a little bit. You know, though I do, though I do kind of agree that it's it's it definitely fits into this. Um, and this is a theme that goes all throughout. You know, the the full book of occult adventures. It's like you know, what is the, the this price that you're willing to pay for your power, right? Um, for the kineticist, right. it's you're going to do damage to yourself, right? You're going to you're going to take all of this non-lethal damage in order to really output. Um, but the next class down the list that I just wanted to touch on slash talk about because I think it's an interesting class and a well-designed class, even though I probably never ever play it, um, is the medium. And the medium has a similar mechanic, right? Where, um, you know, every day they do their seance and in their seance they become, you know, they, it's, it's, it's kind of crazy because it's almost like they adapt entirely to a class like a new like a whole new class for that day but in order to empower their seance they can uh accept influence from the spirits that they are you know taking into themselves and i think that that is a similar kind of uh a similar kind of downside that we're talking about when we're talking about accepting burn in order to empower yourself Right. I think that, you know, I just, um, you know, this comes up a lot in our you know, discussions outside the podcast, but the idea of getting a role-playing penalty for a mechanical benefit is sort of suspect, and while the, uh, the medium itself does have a little bit of a, you know, kind of built-in regulator for that, so you do get the mechanical effects too, I think it's still a not great design decision especially for pathfinder which is just so crunchy that you can't really enforce a lot of the rp drawbacks so it's like the uh the taboos are interesting but you know i feel like a player 
in you know with a with a kind of a power gaming mindset is just going to kind of break that. On top of that, I think um, you know back in the playtest, at least the version one or two, the idea was that there was going to be a lot more spirit options, uh, one for each alignment, I think, and even then like. Uh, I think it was something like there was one for every hero card, which might have been the idea, and they cut that down to six, just one for each uh, stat. And it would have been interesting to see um, that system more fully developed. You know, given that would kind of give more pratfalls for, oh, nobody takes this spirit, everyone takes this one. It's still kind of unusual that, uh, you know, the six spirits you do get to take are not necessarily as customizable as I might like for a casting class like this. Especially I definitely... If it, Especially if, especially if it's designed to emulate, like, a given class role, I think it would be cool to say, like, okay, I use the Archmage today, and then I use the Unicorn tomorrow to take on, or, like, the um, the Hierophant today, and I use the Unicorn tomorrow to get the Divine Spellcasting, but focus it more towards healing or something like that. Like, I thought that was really cool, and I'm really surprised and kind of disappointed they stripped it down as much as they did. I think, honestly, it was to reduce a little bit of the crunch to it. Um, I remember reading it in the playtest and being like, oh my Christ. First of all, I thought it was a little crazily powerful because of how applicable it was to just every single situation, you know? It's already powerful enough in, in like, the base, uh, like, as, as written because... You know, if you need a if you need an arcane caster that day, cool, wonderful. You got an arcane caster. Oh, you need a backup healer. Great, cool. Here's here's your healer for the day. You know, you need a tank. You need a bard. You need damage de- like a dex damage dealer. He can literally do all of these things, and he could do them pretty competitively. You know, all things considered, which I thought was really strong. Um, in general, though, I do see where you're coming from, and I do kind of agree. That uh, I feel like the six limitations that they kind of, or the, rather, sorry, the six spirits that you can adopt um, and the limitations that they bring are a little bit tough to enforce, especially in Captain Crunch games. I Honestly, as I was reading these taboos, I just kept couldn't help but think like, either this is one of those things where the GM is, you know, keeping track of it doggedly. And it just reads like he's being a huge dick because every time you break your taboo, he's got you, gotcha! You broke the, t-, you know what I mean? Um, or it's yeah, something it's that the all, GM the just ignores like, and they get all this power for free. And it's like, I don't right. know. I, I don't really but, know that it was so, that So I'm, I'm going to put my tinfoil hat on. And I'm going to say... He's I, literally putting a tinfoil hat on. Uh, it's an archivist <laughs> hat. But um, I'm going to say that the reason they strip so many of the spirits out is so they could sell more of them in splat books. Mark my words, there's going to be a bunch of spirits and splat books down the road. But, like, that's the thing, is, like, where they would have done that, at least and to some extent, in Cold Origins, and there is nothing. Like, there's yeah. virtually yeah, nothing for that mediums is true. in there. That is true. And But that's that's the baffling thing, is that there was nothing for mediums that was, like, not, like, just one archetype, but you get two full elements for kineticists. Yeah, that's true. That's insane. And like, but the, given that the, like, the Void kineticist isn't super... I didn't think it was super engaging, and the Fighter kineticist is comparatively like amazing because it's super you know as much as i don't share uh mega's (laughs) fascination with wood i will say that it was really interesting to see that as a well-developed element and not just something that's kind of shoehorned in whereas like i feel like void didn't have a solid conception Uh, i think void had a solid like uh fantasy behind it but i don't think that it was executed well on sure i agree with that The, the other thing though is that um 
elemental powers are mutually exclusive for a kineticist, right? So adding more flexibility to the kinds of elemental powers you can take doesn't actually power up the class at all. Because at the end of the day, you can only take three, you know, at, at maximum, you can take three different elements or dive into an, ele an element three times, right? Like, I think it's once at first level, then at like seven, then at 14, probably. One, somewhere along seven, those lines. 14, and 18, I think. Yeah, okay, so four times, right? You're never going to get more than those four elemental choices um, as a kineticist. But as a medium, if you introduce more spirits that a medium can just take whenever, you know, outside of restrictions like an archetype or restrictions like a feat, right? It's just powering up the class because all of a sudden they have more options to take in this, you know, in, in terms of flexibility to be more perfect for whatever, si like, situation... Is oh, going sure. to come along. But that's not that's not a problem with um like mediums in particular. You could say the same thing for whenever, you know, like in Cult Adventures, all these psychic spells, wizards and clerics can still cast them. Yeah, no, so, I mean I honestly do think that that is also like that's that's legit power creep, right? That is a thing that happens. Um and although it's I, tough I, in a certain way to balance around it. Yeah, yeah. As a true. GM. Sure. Um, so to get on as far as like complexity goes, I think um, probably the most complex class in the book is the occultist, because while the psychic has the um, you know functionality of uh, not only its like PowerPoint pool but also your spell choices and so on and so forth, the occultist has so much micromanagement to it that I I find that really compelling as a player, but also potentially very frustrating for a GM to keep track of. But I think it's easily <laughs> the most, yeah, as I say, as I'm going to roll one in Hell's Rebels, right? No, but, hey, man, I have read all of the occultist rules. I have a good handle on that class. I like the class a lot, actually. It's probably, you know, up there in terms of my favorites in the book. Uh, but you know, I think that's probably my it. number two from the I think that's probably my number two class from the book just because it's uh, – for what it for what it is like, it's exactly what you want in the sense like it's clo it's as close to a magical gadgeteer as you're going to get. Well, that's and... the thing that I love so much about it. I think that the the item focus on it, and you know, like this outsidery focus with these uh, you know magical spirit binding circles and everything. I I'm just amazed at how clever that flavor goes with, so, you know, a, a sixth level spellcaster who unlocks deep spells by school, right? Uh, I think that there's a lot of flavor in that, in, like, mechanically in those mechanics, but that could have just been anything, right? We could have just called that, uh, you know, this is a whiz, this is a warlock in Pathfinder, right? And this it's just another regular six-level six spellcaster, completely bland and uninteresting with not a lot of differentiating flavor between you know, itself and the sorcerer, right? Like, oh, we just, this is, this is the Pathfinder Mage. Um, but I thought the Occultist was just such beautiful flavor for those mechanics um, that I really, really enjoy the class for that reason. I do take issue with the idea of, like, mental focus. Like, as far as, a, like, an overarching kind of name, that kind of bug. Like, I get why it's in the Occult Adventures <laughs> book. But it's like... It's just like, oh, mental focus. I think really hard about the like the skull of my dead grandma, and yeah. suddenly I can raise the dead. It's like, I mean, yeah, it's a, you know, it's it's okay. <laughs> like it's it is exactly what you want it to be, but at the same time, it's just a little bit uh, mental focus is kind of like, um, hmm. If I pop some Adderall before I you know study this finger <laughs> bone, Mark, 
Mark, the, the, the truth is out there. Oh my god, dude. I've been thinking about that shit for like... Since the book was fucking announced, I'm like, ah, oh, yes. Oh, yes. I mean, the other thing, I, I honestly just kind of think that that's just like, like when they're naming the the pool of swashbuckler points, panache, it's like, you know, they're running out of like shit to call these points, right? All, no, but every, that was, every like, that's cool. class has that's points. That's fine. Yeah. I, you could have called it like Prana or Orgone or some shit like that. Like it's mentioned later in the book anyway. So that sounds a lot more like, Ooh, spooky, spooky, then, like, <laughs> mental focus. But you have six spooky skeletons <laughs> per day. Ooh. No, I, don't, but... I don't really hold it against them that they... Boogie uh, points. That they kind of, they, they kind of lobbed this one. You know what I mean? This, this is them bunting, right. right? They're just like, fuck it. Like, mental focus. Who fuck cares? It. Like, uh, fuck it. Nobody just, cares. I, I think, um... <laughs> Have either of you guys looked at the uh, Colt Bestiary yet? Because I kind of skimmed it, and the, the the one thing that stood out for me was this Psychic Lich, which is just, like, the most pain-in-the-ass thing to kill. Like, infinitely worse than a regular <laughs> Lich. That's gotta be. I mean, I, one of the things I really enjoy about the Psychic is I think the Psychic spell list is just fucking awesome, right? You know, like, there's one spell yeah, they that, are like, really cool. head explode or, like, explode head. It's, it's like, if you're below... It's like if you're below my kill. my hit die in in I know it's different that it's like if you're below twenty HP or something I just make your head explode and your head explosion exploding does AOE damage to all of your allies like that was I read that spell and I was just like wow Paizo a fucking plus like yeah no actually speaking of spells that are really cool. I actually kind of wanted to touch on the psychic duel system for a second. Yeah, okay. Uh, which I think, I actually really like it. I think that's actually a really cool option for a character that's, say, a little bit less combat-focused. Um, You know, this kind of like, well, you pick somebody out, maybe one of their martial characters who's not traditionally good in the mental battlefield, and lock them down for a number of rounds while you mentally duke it out with them, and your party tries to protect you uh, while, while that happens. I think that's a cool mechanic. I'm I'm actually very happy with the way that they with the way they put that up. I I think the um, execution is very very good for the psychic duels, especially because it doesn't take you out of initiative order, and it's only it only lets you do it between two people, so it doesn't create this weird subturn thing. Yeah, I mean I'm kind of re- reminded of the way that um the like, Matrix works yeah, in Shadowrun. Like yeah, yeah. I uh, am. Uh ambivalent on psychic rules it's funny because we i actually feel very similarly to psychic rules as i do to diplomacy challenges right where it's kind of like a niche system that i you know i don't want to engage in it i don't want to endorse it all that much you're right you know like it can pop up a couple of times during an adventure but if every combat involves a psychic duel it just feels really tedious to me and um and I, th- I think it works because it replaces your combat action otherwise. Right. I don't think the overhead is really that much, especially because there's no secondary battlefield or anything you have to worry about. I think um, the one thing that I don't like about Psychic Duels, just from, you know, I'm mostly a GM. I don't really get to play as much as I get to run games for whatever reason. But the thing I don't really care for about it is the fact that it's most effective against people who... Like, for instance, if you use it on your party's, um, you know, really heavy melee tank, you just put them in the situation where they can't really effectively defend themselves, and you wreck them. And I think Pathfinder as a system is quite difficult to uh, accommodate that. 
Uh, yeah, that's a bit of what I think about psychic duels. Uh, th the other, th the other part about psychic duels. So here, my my core complaint with psychic duels is, in my view, diplomacy challenges are filling a niche, right? Because you know, diplomacy by raw is a very very light system, right? And there's not there's not a lot of crunchiness to it, and not having a lot of crunchiness to it means that the all of the dire diplomacy encounters basically feel the same mechanically as all of the mundane diplomacy counters and creating a system like diplomacy challenges you know creates a spectrum to have the to have between the two right but the thing with psychic duels is the combat is already ridiculously crunchy right so adding more crunch to allow your psychic who can already cast spells and use their combat you know powers and everything like that i kind of feel like what you know what's the gain right it's just all of these extra rules to uh, to gain a little bit of flavor and then on top of that the flavor doesn't accentuate what I think of psychic duels being coolest being right a psychic duel should be you and their most powerful caster right like going at it and in your mindscapes and like warping like reality and all of this shit that that to me is where a psychic duel is interesting but where, what it reads like is I just focus Tez you know the the 10th level cavalier that has no mental stats whatsoever and then i just spank him around in a psychic duel for five rounds because he's going to be completely ineffective but, which is just but like that sounds but that sounds way more awesome because then it's like it's uh especially because when that cavalier or whatever can pull that shit off like and they you know they do pull out a win that's really cool because it's like ha fuck you but on the other hand at the same time it, it's kind of funny to be like oh yeah, you called me little baby noodle arms. Who has the noodle arms now? Yeah. And then you turn their arms into like, you know, fucking. I mean, up. really, yeah. But then, but then the question becomes: Does Pathfinder really need more ways to fuck over Marshall Carey? Uh, so <laughs> I, I, I think maybe what what needs what needs to be there is like I don't know if there's rules for for multi person psychic. I, I think it wouldn't be too hard to implement. Yeah, I, I think I think a, a a caster needs a way to inter like you know to like. Intercept, intercept charge, yeah, yeah no, like intercept yeah. psychic duel, and be like, no, 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 you get out, you're, you're fighting me, type of deal. I think that kind of gets you that kind of like there crescendo. Are spells that let you do that, yeah, they let you sub in for something. Okay, yeah, that, it's that... like it's like mental dimension door or some shit like. Okay, that. yeah, because it's like I that... spent a lot of time. I've spent a lot more time looking at this than I really probably should have. Um, but that, that's the kind of thing you want, right? Like the thing that's like, oh no, it's you and me, not me, not you and like the the the, the choppy fighter. Um, and the other part of that, too, is that on the outside, somebody has to defend you to make sure you're not being beat up by their people. Um, and I I think the reason that I was so drawn to this is something like, um, I mean, my intentions are going to be kind of clear after this, but when I was thinking about playing the psychic detective, it's like, well, my investigator is going to be Skill Monkey the class, and his combat effectiveness is going to be <laughs> not great, right? But if I can engage one of them in a psychic duel, I can be useful in combat for a little while yeah for a little while at least without without uh you know being a total drag on the team and i thought that was neat i think it's neat it's kind of like for a character that doesn't otherwise like you know you're right with the psychic they're already you know stomping shit in combat so they don't need it as much but for those kind of auxiliary situations where you've got a character who's mostly designed to be doing out of combat things that it's it's a good thing for that character to do uh, I will uh, go ahead and say that I planned on, and by planned on, I mean committed myself to not incorporating these rules. But after that explanation, I will consider it. That's actually pretty sure. Clever. I'm I'm probably not going to be playing. I'm probably going to be playing the 
traditional investigator anyway. I've got some reasons for that. But are then you going to dip Swashbuckler, though? Uh, no, oh I'm God. not going to do the Swashbuckler. Oh. Th- those reasons are not for here or now, but uh, maybe the, maybe right before we start Hell's Rebels, one of our casts will be about that, that Swashbuckler game. dip. Oh, the, swall- yeah, the Swashbuckler will Just fall. so everybody knows, uh, the, the, the Swashbuckler, in my opinion, is the most ridiculously effective one-level dip in a multi-class. And the reason I know that that's the case is because Mark did it in one of my games. Oh, man. I, th- oh, I, I feel like we have I to dedicate... Games. I th- feel like we have to dedicate uh, uh, an episode to Cheese Fest at some point. Oof, Just all good all about the Indiana time. Jones. <laughs> okay, so uh, there have been, what, two classes that we haven't talked about yet? Uh, okay. Oh, oh actually... Mesmerist. Mesmerist is something that I wanted to talk about because I was actually disappointed by it. Really? Good! Uh, I hate this class! I'm sorry. What? Oh, wow. I so really wow. I would class. I, I so am, much. I think it's so dumb and stupid and bad. Okay, so, bad. so I am not that far <laughs> down the road, but so I really like the idea of like the guy that's like looking to like look into my eyes. It's kind of like that type of debuffer, that type of like you know battlefield kind of control guy. Yeah, controller, I guess. But the class doesn't feel like that. Like your stare is like your debuffing mechanic, and otherwise you just kind of this generic. Buffer that like yeah like you, your ally you're like you implant suggestions in your allies which is a good thing and I don't really I think, like that I think I hate I, that so much I actually <laughs> so bad generous I actually really like the mesmerist I think that the big problem that I have with it is just the fact that it's supposed to be like an anti bard like a debuff class and it kind of splits the difference because of the like touch treatments and memory implants and shit like that but then like. After I actually built one, the memory implants and, like, the uh, the Mesmerist tricks are actually more debuff-oriented than you think they are, just because um, they trigger when enemies attack your allies, then bad things happen to them. Okay. And I think the stare is a really cool mechanic, because it's basically like, yes, this is a class that does mind-affecting things, so we're gonna debuff the enemy will save so you're not bad at that. Like, I thought that was... I think that's reasonably good design, and on top of that, it also incorporates, you know, secondary and tertiary debuffs along with the will save penalty. So, to that end, I think that there's certainly things there that are way more towards helping your allies than they are towards debuffing your enemies, like touch treatment in particular. I think that would have been cooler if it was, like, a stair mechanic that you could burn those to, like, exhaust someone or make them confused or whatever, just, like, as a pool of resources. That might be a little strong, but... I don't think the class is that bad. I think it's also just very, very specific, you know? Like, in the sense, like, it would have been a really cool Bard alternate class. I don't know as a full base class of its own, though. And that's I kind of my, get well, why yeah. they... I kind of get why they went this direction with the class, just in terms of, like, like a big-picture Occult Adventures design decision, right? Because none of the Occult Adventure class are really all that supportive by nature, right? Like, occultist can be and medium can be and can I disagree because I think the medium be. I think the medium is kind of the the exception there just because it's supposed to be a support class it's like you know yeah you can be a fighter today but your party is probably going to need you to be something you know I guess that's fair it just it seems to be like they they kind of shoehorned the mechan the 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 mesmerist rather to be a support class when it shouldn't be right right the 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 mesmerist yeah, should be a debuff dps class right it should be a class and it stares at you and it does a bunch of damage with his stares and his stares debuff you like a witch hex or like 
you know, alchemist bombs or something like that. And the the mesmerist tricks are, I, they're so dumb. I, like, <laughs> they're so stupid. And and I like I honestly don't even know that the mechanics are that bad, right? Like the mechanics are probably okay. And if you told me that they were creating, if you told me that they were creating a sixth level caster base class called the Warden, right? And its whole thing was he protects his al- he's like an ally protective mage who protects his allies with spells and stuff. And and his powers instead of being stuff like you know you shoot this like ray or whatever, his powers are. These 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 kinds of spells and buffs that he places on his allies. Plug in your trigger, here. Right? This this could be okay. This could work out. This is an idea I can get behind. But the idea that I'm hypnotizing my allies and then like the fucking like the 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 mental suggestions I'm putting in them are triggered. Like I'm their fucking like psychotherapist. Like what the fuck? Who the fuck well, came but, up but, with that? What, like, what I, about the campfire RP, buddy? Uh, now now what you need to lay down and tell so me all of your... What did you think of your mother, buddy? <laughs> I think I um, hate it so I actually, much. I think it's so dumb. Um, you know, on that same note, though, I think the psychic skill unlocks are really good. Um, a really interesting design choice. The psychic... You mean like the auto-writing? Yeah. I hated that! That shit's amazing. <laughs> I thought it was so dumb. I was like, well... My, I, I read that and I was Spoilers, like, well, that's going to happen a lot in Hell's Rebels and oh, my occultists. Oh, boy. Oh, I get, like, divination as, like, a level one character. Sure, but that's, like that. you know, it, it's all right, but, like, I felt they looked like, well, we got to do something with, this is a hard back, we need to do something with skills. And so I, they, like, I think it's good. I, I think it's know. fine, because it's, it's like, I, it feels it's, a little too cheesy for me. No, it's, uh, it's yeah, fine. It's you have to take too. a feat or be one of these six classes. How is that cheesy at all? Oh, no, no, no. I, I, I don't mean cheesy in the, like, like power sh- game. Like, they had to bullshit it in kind uh, of thing. I, I mean, point? like, cheesy in, like, the kind of campy way. Right. But that's good. That's really good for this I kind know, of book. I don't know. I just thought it was... Well, that's weird, though, because this book is pretty focused on being, you know, on being serious, right? Like, half of these classes are all about what price are you willing... You know, how yeah, deep th- are this, you willing to go to unlock your full potential? Th- th- this right? is like, like if the Vigilante was released and it was all Nolan Batman, except for one section, which had <laughs> Bat Shark repellent. Yeah. Oh, my God. Can you imagine if that was an ultimate intrigue? They just have, like, a giant section of, like, super dumb... Um, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Anyway, I think think the occult skill unlocks are filler. I think they're good. I think they're filler, but I think they're good filler, uh, because it's like... It's it's I think it's good. I think that it's good that they're there and you can kind of choose to use or not use them. The one class that I found really really disappointing was the spiritualist though. Like Interesting. Um, I, I like think the spiritualist. it's a shit it's, it's a it's shittier a, summoner mm-hmm. and Ooh. like it's the flavor like what they were trying to go for doesn't seem to come through. I personally feel like I think it's a it, it's an okay class and it's like if you're but it's basically will your GM not let you play a summoner? Not even the Unchained one? Well, you still got the Spiritualist. <laughs> well, I think a part of that is the Summoner... Do you like ghosts? Being... Well, you I got think, ghosts? I think a part of that is the Summoner being a poorly designed class sure. from the get-go. You know what I mean? Like, the, the, the base Summoner was pretty shittily designed. It didn't have great flavor or, you know, really it was just mechanics, I kind of felt like. And I thought the Unchained Summoner obviously improved upon that, right, by dedicating yourself to kind of this outsider stuff. And changing the spell list around, uh, and I, I think that's cool. But I really do feel like the the spiritualist fills its own niche, and specifically, 
you know, fills it well. I, I, I don't know. I thought that I thought it was pretty, uh, pretty well filled. Especially, I, think I like it falls the, in the same trap that the mesmerist does in the sense that it would be a good alternate class for the summoner rather than an actual oh, class actually, in and of itself. Oh, actually, to finish my rant, to finish my rant about how much I hate the mesmerist, the mesmerist would be totally okay if these stupid mesmerist tricks were an archetype and the base class was focused on bold stairs like big powerful bolts. i was actually yeah. gonna say i really like like the the like the combat focused mesmerist archetype like it's like blade dancer or something yeah exactly one, yeah the, yeah i that, thought almost all of the uh, the mesmerist archetypes are basically Col- pretty I, lo- okay. I love cult master because it's like oh did you die well good that you incepted your allies and they're now Marilyn manson <laughs> yeah. like i think i think what happened i think with with like uh, these last two classes that we were talking about um is that Part of this book was designed to be run separate from the rest of the content, right? Like, right. if you want to have an occult, if you want to have an occult adventure, most of your heroes are probably going to want to be one of these six classes, or um, you know, like a fighter or a rogue or you know, yeah, some some yeah. like. But this, I think, this book was designed so that you could have a party of only uh, characters from this these classes, yeah. so you okay. can automatically fit in. I think um, the mesmerist and the spiritualist uh, suffered a little bit from that, but um. On the spiritualist, is is spiritualist the one with the archetype that lets you play as like a ghost that in, in, in like their, you possess in, your own body? body? Yeah, 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 you possess yeah. your, so your I think, body back again. Yeah, I think that's a fucking super awesome. I think archetype. it's really cool. Yeah, I think it's really cool. But you know what bugs me about it? You should be able to possess other people's. You know what I mean? The, the, in my mind, the perfect it's like in, that scene from Ghosts. Do they not? Do they not have possession on their spell list? Well, no. Right. What, what I mean, what it is is in my mind, the perfect incarnation of this thing is you possess a body, but it's, like, rotting beneath you, so you constantly have to find, like, new bodies oh, and inhabit okay. these new bodies. And I feel like if the if it was a little bit more focused on that, it would have been a, re- like, knock out of the park, 10 out of 10, home run. As it is written, I like it a lot. 9 out of 10, obviously. It's just like that. I, as soon as I read it, I was like, oh, come on. Like, oh, it could have uh, been... I also been- think it's good. I also think it's great because you can also use it in a regular campaign as, like... One of your characters died a spectacular death, and so you don't cheapen death. They have to take a level of this like self reanimated archetype. Yeah. So it's, it's, yeah. That's just Dark Souls. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's basically like yeah. you want to play Dark Souls while well, you died. Oh, looks like you're you're a spiritualist now. Um, yeah, I think or reanimated I, I, medium or whatever. Yeah, whatever. I think is the, it yeah. Yeah. It's the medium. Oh, like, it, it's, it is the spiritualist. A one? The spiritualist is the one that like you can have your ghost be more powerful than you is one of the archetypes, but I've tried to use that in rewards and it's just not very good. Like the the haunted one. And by the way, I know. Yeah. I remember reading the mechanics and being like, well, I know what class G is now. Like that was pretty good luck. Yeah. Um, well, that sucks. I really, uh, (coughs) excuse me. Um, the thing I like about the spiritualist is I liked the interaction between, uh, ectoplasmic form and corporeal form and having it inside of your brain. You know, I thought that that, 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 uh, interplay of kind of like stance dancing almost with your ghost was unique enough to kind of carry the class. I also think the flavor is great. In fact, the, the, the spiritualist makes me like the medium less because in my mind, the spiritualist and the medium are kind of occupying the same flavor space. Like, not 100% overlap, but like 75% overlap. I don't know about overlap. that. And I think the spiritualist executes on it better, um, which I is one it, of the things I, I that disagree. Kind of I think it would have been really cool. 
I think what would would have been really cool is um, if you could scrap the spiritualist entirely and just have a class feature for the medium that lets you summon the ghost you're channeling or whatever. Like that would have been pretty cool. Really broken, but yeah, you know, it would, I think it, would it would tie together really, really well. More like as an archetype. Yeah, the spiritualist or something like that. is an archetype of the medium. Yeah, something like yeah. that. But yeah, just just to be completely clear for the listeners at home, the reanimated medium is a medium archetype and not a spiritualist archetype. Uh, yeah, I thought it was a spiritualist archetype. Oh, yeah. well, well, I mean, like, this is kind of, like, goes to the point that we were talking about, right. that, like, medium and spiritualist are pretty close to each other. And it's funny because I actually think, you know, psychic, mesmerist, occultist, kineticist, they are very, very unique compared to one another. Um, and, uh, you know, maybe there's overlap between the psychic and the mesmerist, but honestly, I don't think there's all that much. I, I honestly um, feel like kineticist is probably the least occulty class I, of the bunch. It's just there because they need to publish it. Yeah, like, a, I'm okay with like, that. I, I, I'm feel, totally I feel like fine with that. fits better into the core game as like, you know, I feel like you could have released this as the first class after the ba- after the base classes. Uh, yeah, and, but I think I think it does fit in occult adventures if you consider sure. it more as like the thing is like it, it practically is Avatar: the Last Airbender, but in reality it's supposed to be like Carry and Firestarter and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, and, I, I agree. And I'm Wicked okay Firestarter. What? What? I'm a fire starter, wicked fire starter. Oh my god, the prodigy song. Wow. Shut up. I'm sure that I'm sure that by the way, for all you SoundCloud listeners, Mango has put a, a link to the song in the description. So go check out, you know, mid '90s proto techno if you want. In, in before we get marked for copyright infringement for that five second bad impression of the song. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> please, please yeah. guys, we're just using it for fair use. It's parody. Yeah. It's parody. <laughs> no, but so. Um, Let's talk about the archetypes for a little bit, if that's cool with you guys. I actually thought some of the archetypes were pretty weak, comparatively. I thought the archetypes using psychic rules for base classes were much, much better. Like the psychic detective or whatever. Or like, dude, the Flesh Eater Barbarian. What the... I am all about the Flesh Eater Barbarian. What an awesome archetype. Whereas I thought a lot of the the archetypes for the occult classes were just kind of like... What the fuck is a Tome Eater? Yeah, like, I, dude, I actually, I don't know why, but that particular one, the, like... It's the art that sells it. Yeah, it? it's really, it's like, I eat books! Mom, oh, mom, mom. It's like, we're, it's eating books like we ate sushi last like, night. Like, uh, oh man, that, anyway, that was a mistake. But, so. um, <laughs> but, like, I just love the idea, like, not, like, I feel like if you were a GM and you did this, you'd be the biggest dick. But as, like, a player, just, like, maximizing my steel maneuver, stealing the wizard's book and just eating it in front of him. That's actually really yeah. that's a that's a really funny NPC concept. Actually, um, we're stealing it from your allies. I think. I mean, it's one, of those where, <laughs> it's one of those things where I I actually imagined when I saw Tometer, my first thought was like, oh, like you know, oh, maybe he, you know, it's it's metaphorical and he absorbs, and he absorbs like yeah, that. you know, like you cast a spell on him and he can use a class feature. <laughs> no, nope. like nope. he literally hit eats or he books. Gets, SR, so no, he just fucking munches down on a copy of fucking, you know, Moby Dick, and it's like Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone. Yeah, you know, I was just like, what the fuck? Oh man, like that's that reminds me of one of my my favorite homebrew barbarian archetypes, which is uh, Big Dumb Barbarian. It's like you know how in three five barbarians were illiterate. Yeah, like uh, Big Dumb Barbarian just took it to the extreme. It's like really illiterate, but Big Dumb Barbarian can never be illiterate. Like, supreme illiteracy. Barbari- a big dumb barbarian is immune to runes and all magical writings. Like, <laughs> yes, but that's the kind of thing this, uh, this reminds me of. 
Like, I hate libraries. I'm going to eat them all. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, I think, uh, I think you know, just quickly, the, the kineticist archetypes are kind of, like, they're just not very, they're, they're, like, interesting for what they're supposed to be, but the practical execution is just not great. Yeah, I agree with you. I, uh, I think they're all pretty bland. It, it kind of sucks. I actually really like the, um, I thought that the blood kineticist was a great idea, you know? I liked Avatar Last Airbender. I think bloodbending is fucking neat, but the mechanics are just dumb and Not bad. Good. I, I, I can't see anybody ever taking this archetype. Because, like, as soon as you come up against a fucking, you know, robot, you're boned. You know, like, or, and, or something with just bones. If you go yeah, in exa- skeleton, exactly. it's not like, so good. Yeah, and and so I don't know. Is that like a litmus test for if an archetype is good? Is it worthless against skeletons? If so, pass. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. So I th- one of the things that I noticed about some of the kinesis arch- or at least the um the the monk one was that it seemed more to be taken as like a multi class for regular monks. Yeah. Than it that it seemed to be taken as a. Uh, um, at, on its own, like that's true, I, which which you know I think is is all right, but like I don't know. I feel like I feel like it's just it, it, it takes too much away from the base kinesis. Like I don't see why they needed to uh, uh, get rid of the defensive powers in order for what the ascetic. Or... Yeah, for the ascetic, you don't you don't get to use your defensive talents. Yeah. Oh, I don't I don't even know. yeah. Well, you get the AC bonus. It's not as good, I, but it's yeah, like I, I would have. You know, I would have rather not gotten the AC bonus, right? I would have rather. Like, I think. I think the one that really pisses me off, like endlessly, is the fucking overwhelming soul because it basically is like, oh, you're gonna trade your con based casting to be a worse caster, and you're also gonna use charisma. Yeah, no, like, yeah. like the only thing that works for is undead kineticists, and it's like, yep. well. I mean, then it's just as good, but, you know, how often are you going to have to go against undead kineticists? The answer should be very infrequently, because, right? Spooky, scary skeletons. Oh my god. Now that that I'm looking at the medium archetypes, I kind of like the medium archetypes most of all. I think the Kami medium is great. I think that's a super solid A-plus execution the uh, flavor and i think that we reanimated medium or great. i also thought that it was really bad. funny that like in occult adventures it's all of a sudden there's all this like um you know follow-up to uh like the year they did all the tian shaw stuff yeah it's like yeah, oh here's all of these asian archetypes it's like oh <laughs> i mean i'm i'm cool with that but like it was just one of those where it's like this book is just for me yay but um i had another point that I. oh man to... oh we Buddy, buddy, and I we could t- we could talk about the amazing cheese with uh, battle host, or you just oh, get God. suit of okay, so, full so, plate. Well, yeah. full plate is just scratching the surface of the cheese you can get with well, battle. Well, like what would, would you get, like a gun or something, or like you know one of the tech weapons from the tech weapon gun. Oh right, my bonded item is an arc rifle. And seriously, it can never break. Like. My what bonded the weapon is a grenade. Yeah, I want grenade. this X laser. We get a, we get a this grenade, and then you level. enchant returning on it, and that's just your whole class. Is you keep tossing like concussion grenades because it's your bonded. It was like, what, it's for for clarity. Okay, just to back up for a second, 
the battle host is a uh, is an occultist archetype, and they read the following because I'm going to read it out because it's because uh, it's, it's fucking story time with Christopher <laughs> yeah. Sloth. At at first level, a battle host forms a supernatural bond with a specific weapon, suit of armor, or shield. This selection is permanent and can never be changed. The bonded item is masterwork quality, and the battle host begins play with it at no cost. The bonded item is immune to the broken condition for as long as the battle host lives. It's like. What the fuck were they thinking? You the 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 battle host who takes full plate, that's eighteen hundred gold for free that he got at level one. Yeah, right? and, like, and, and, and like you know, that's like the the like base the cheese mildest, option. Mildest that's like the mildest cheese uh, option. Then you get in the stinky I, gouda where it's like, yeah, I have this hundred and ten thousand dollar. You know what's hilarious by the way? Gun. Raw, you could get mithril you could get a mithril breastplate. You could get mithril because it oh, just yeah. says specific weapon, suit of armor, or shield, and that's literally the term used to describe special materials used to make armor. Is specific items like? Yeah, I, I think <laughs> I think part of the reason they did it was so that you know, like, if you did want to go full plate on your ba- on your battle host occultist, like, you're kind of shit out of luck, um, <laughs> um, if you want it because you can't change it, yeah. Um, and I, I, I like it. I think the full plate is. I think the full plate balances itself out relatively quickly. By the time you hit level five, it's not that much of an advantage. Um, but I think like if you really want to go deep cheese, that like the, the tech guide, yeah, yeah, the tech guide or or any. The only problem is like getting batteries, but if your if your GM is just like no fuck you, you can have this. Yeah, but I'm not gonna, I'm not just, gonna let you get away like with dip, it. Couldn't I just dip one level into? Technomancer to take care of Oh that. my god, Tech Slinger. Oh, yeah, oh no. Oh no. <laughs> I mean, but like, but if you did want to, like, you know, exotic weapon proficiency firearm is a feat if you wanted to get, like, a gun. Right. right. Like, a d- double hack butt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Never again. Not yeah. even once. The other archetype I really like, and I'm going to stick by this bold claim is the Necrocultist, which is the necromancy-focused occultist. I think it is the best possible, uh, like, like necromancer fantasy class. Um, honestly, you know, in thinking about Hell's Vengeance, which is the evil, ca- like, Pathfinder campaign, the Paizo campaign is coming out after Hell's Rebels, I kind of want to play a necrocultist. Like, well, that would be awesome, and that would be, uh, you know, I, I really think that it's, like, the best-designed necromancer-dedicated uh, class or archetype that I've seen from Pathfinder. Yeah, no, pretty, actually, that, that, that's pretty nice. That's pretty fair. Like, Ghostly Horde gets you that Commander of the Dead. Like, I think it's really just Ghostly Horde that gets you that really well. Yeah, like that. Plus, oh, it's also it's also important to mention the Necro cult. So the Necromancy Implement Tree has a ton of stuff for this, right? Like, you get you get a Skeleton Buddy, and then at higher levels you Is can summon spooky? multiple. Yeah, yes, it's it's spooky. You can summon multiple hit dice uh, of skeleton buddies and zombies and stuff, and you can mix and match their types. You know, you can make burning zombies and, and or uh, burning skeletons and black skeletons and all this stuff. And so, I think all of that stuff plus necrocultists is just super super solid necromancer design. I'm final. I'm glad that they finally released it, especially in the face of shit like, um, like necro or no, undead master. Necromantic Master? It's a, it's a wizard archetype that's just retardedly bad. Um, so 
so that's that's another that's another archetype I really enjoy. Even though basically all of the other medium ones are pretty dumb, especially Tometer, which is the dumbest of yeah. them all. You sound bad, <laughs> dude. So so moving into the 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 base class archetypes, like the Silver Balladier is a really cool archetype, but I don't know what it's doing why, in this why, book. Yeah, why is it? Yeah, I have no it's idea. like that 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 is the one archetype that I'm like, what is what is this supposed to be? Is it like? What what is this? Is this like a reference? I'm just not understanding. Yeah, or... it, yeah. Like like I said, I don't think it's bad. It just doesn't belong in the Occult Adventures book. It just yep. nothing. Although I do like the fact that they have the Nicholas Cage archetype for the uh, Cavalier. Yeah, that was really good. I love that. Wait. Also, there's order... a ghost. There's a go- arc. Oh oh, the Ghost Rider. Yes, I, I wasn't. I was. I wasn't there. He's been a lot of movies, guys. Okay, damn. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, uh, I think, uh, I also think that there are, uh, I honestly, I just love so many of these archetypes. Uh, Flesh Eater is probably one of my favorites because I think the idea of being this barbarian that, you know, it is literally the, the distillation of like the, I eat your heart to gain your power in mechanics. And it's so cool, uh, especially because I love the idea of, you know, walking around as, as a Flesh Eater barbarian with like a big bag full of, just like random shit like oh i'm gonna eat some dragon you know i'm gonna eat some dragon fish sticks or whatever (laughs) and then oh i'm gonna eat some you know bugbear if you were like a uh, if you were an undead barbarian could you be a cannibal corpse (laughs) so one one thing i'm gonna point out that i'm disappointed i think mark you're disappointed in this too is Mind Blade for the Magus. I think it's a garbage. really cool idea. Garbage. Like, but like it it, it it commits this very basic and very fundamental mistake, which is tries to put class features for two different build paths in the same archetype, and thus makes both of them shitty. Thank you. Yeah. Yep, like it, you. It, it's not powerful enough to make. But like you know, you could do either two handed or dual wield. But like. It treats it as if having both of those powers goes to the power budget when you're never going to be using them at the same time. Right, It's just, yeah. just aggravating. Because it's, it's a cool idea, and I don't think, like... I think, given a little bit extra power that, that wasn't pulled out by that budget, it would be a cool archetype. Yeah, I think it, it's also one of those things where it's like they're definitely trying to mine, like, all the... You know, this is really cynical, but mine the psionic stuff. And it's like, you're just never going to make a better soul knife than the soul knife. Like, it's it's interesting that it's on, on like, the mages, because I find that that's a, you know, that's a good combination of classes that I'd like to play, but the execution's just not, yeah. and you know, not I, good. I've always, I really I've always wanted... that bad, though. I guess I see where you're coming from. I, it's I, a little bit, like, closer to me, because, like, soul knife, for the longest time, was my favorite class, and it's like, the mages comes... <laughs> yeah, yeah, fight me. <laughs> yeah. But... But, like, the Soul Knife and Mages are both really cool classes, and I think, I like, mean, trying, I'm pretty sure it's... at this point, my favorite class is my own homebrew archetype for the Cavalier. Like, I can't really judge anybody based on their favorite classes. Yeah. Um, I think part of this, too, is, like, you know, I, for a long time, and my, my, my roommate brought this up, I thought he had a very good point. Like, there should be an archetype for Magus, which is, you use a real big sword, and you have some sort of, like, penalty for that. But, like, you use a two-handed weapon. Right. And yeah. you, and that's like your archetype, and the fact that it's kind of half spells, here as like, like, yeah. like, you, like th- there are a ton of Magus archetypes with diminished spell casting. I think that's more than enough to make up for the. Right. To be completely thing. honest, I actually think that archetype should be a Blood Rager archetype with enhanced spell casting, 
if I were to, uh, if I were to, uh, it's, it's 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 different, but I can see your point. Um, I actually, I really like the esoteric though. I thought the esoteric was a great Mancus archetype. The the one that allows them to do it with unarmed strike and they're like a fucking, you know, they yeah. like yeah. scribe. The, I thought that one was super solid. I could totally that's, see myself play that. Yeah, that's pretty nice. I thought that was solid. Yeah, well, that's cool. I also like the I, I like the rogue. Uh, this is one of those classes that like I would make a million NPCs for before I ever make a PC for this one. The false medium. Yeah, oh, that's dude. really Just funny. Like, the giant it's like the troll. it's like the like the Razmiran um, priest archetype for sorcerers. It's like you're not actually like a divine spellcaster, but you can pretend to be one. Like yeah, that's really yeah. that's really funny. I also like the, uh, I, I thought the ectoplasm sorcerer bloodline was pretty sweet. Um, mostly because the art in it. <laughs> it's just like, I a, love, they I have like a gnome that. surrounded by green, like, goo. Well, he's with, like, a, a, with a four pack. It's like, what? Who drew this and why? Still not better than the, uh, what is it, the, the, the unchained moral, moral quandary Oh, that's, picture. that's the best picture. Don't, don't even lie. For those of for those of you who are a little lost, so there's a picture in like Unchained, right? I think it's Unchained. Which is uh, it shows the iconic paladin at like a crossroads, and like one arrow says "Burning Orphanage," and the other says "Blackguard's Castle," and like the blackguard is hiding behind it, yeah, looking and, sinister. And, oh, and, and the iconic yeah. paladin is just like, "Why must I choose?" <laughs> uh, that is, you know, it's pretty funny. I agree. Um. I hesitate going, you know, too crazy into the rest of this stuff. Uh, do you guys feel comfortable about, like, the rest of the book? Because I have a couple of bones to pick about some of the other stuff that comes out here, but it is really... Yeah, let's go for it. Yeah, sure. Okay, so, in Under Occult Rewards, they talk about cursed items, right? And I love the idea, you know, A plus Paizo, so neat. These cursed items are so neat and interesting, right? And, you know, like... It's like, oh, how many benefits am I going to be able to get before this thing, like, completely fucks me? And it would be great if they were not so fucking obvious. The monkey's paw. You've got that portrait from the portrait of Dorian Gray. It's Dude, like, the portrait the portrait's actually really good. Like, it's no, not... No, like, yeah, like, I get that. I get that it's really good, but it's so obvious. You know, like, I can't trick any of... I can't trick my players into stuff by giving them a cursed item and having them be like, oh, I'm so strong now, you know? Oh, uh, well, why don't you take the, the primate's hand to grant your wishes? Yeah, exactly. I, I, this, I think this it's is like, a, uh, a orangutan's fist. <laughs> Like, I think I think it's Paizo. like that's just sort of a problem with Pathfinder in general, though. That curse items are just like it's really hard to pull that off well, just because nobody, everyone's just like sitting like, no, it's not in my build path. <laughs> yeah. Even if it's like an ostensibly really good item, they're like, no, it's not a dagger. I don't get really <laughs> it, it doesn't have an <laughs> elemental entry. <laughs> <laughs> Nice little Easter egg for people who, you know, pay attention to the Rune Lords games, I guess. Uh, though I guess that didn't actually happen on on stream, so maybe It's not. okay. Anyway, well, anyway. It? Oh, never mind. Whatever. But... It happened a little bit on stream, actually, now that I remember it. But yeah, that, that's the thing that, like, bugs me about this. I was, like, I was so ready to, like, get behind your, your ship, Paizo, and then it's just so obvious. Uh, I do like that they went the other way a little bit, um, and they had stuff like the four-leaf clover, you know. I think that's pretty sweet. That's pretty cool. I'm a happy. I'm a happy camper. I think they kind of have to, 
in some ways do the classic ones because otherwise people are gonna be like, well, "Where's the monkey's paw? It's such a slam dunk, where, and they missed where's it." The fo- where's the picture of Dorian Gray? It's all all that's here is like this, you know, ring that makes you always optimistic. Oh. Yeah, that's why isn't there a ring that makes you invisible but makes <laughs> but makes the evil dark lord see you? <laughs> where's my shrunken head? I want to have a shrunken head on my caster. Yeah, oh, I no. thought I thought a lot of the uh, the occult rewards and and the items that they put out were just not not super amazing. I the the, the what are they called? The talismans are pretty cool and they're pretty neat and I could see myself implementing them, but that's kind of it. I kind of feel like most of the other stuff I would just want to I, I think I think it actually overlooks system in this book that I think is pretty neat. Is the chakras? Is the chakras as Mark looks at the, the page I have open. I you know, I don't know. <laughs> I I think it's it's really funny that like I've got a lot of friends who are into yoga and all that shit, and a, and a fucking Pathfinder slap book managed to explain it way better than they did. <laughs> like, like, that's an accomplishment. Like, kudos to you, Paizo. I understand what Kundalini is now. But things I never thought I would say in my in like Can't a million years. Isn't that a type of spaghetti? Yeah, could, yeah, you gotta hear Kundalini. It's, it's why, that's why it's always leaking out of your pockets. <laughs> uh, but I, I, I think the chakra is a neat stu- thing, and the fact that it's kind of open... And, like, you know, you could have a character dedicate his entire combat to trying to open all of the chakras. It just takes too long. That's my problem with yeah. it. It's, like, it takes, like, seven rounds to do it. I think this is you good. Can, you can rush it, but it's, like, it's just not going to work. I think this is good for, like, a a boss fight where a character's, like, hey, you haven't, this isn't even my final form type of thing. Or, you well, know, yeah. like, like Rock Lee takes the leg weights off, leg weights, leg weights off. Um, you know, that that kind of Michael thing. Michael Jackson puts on right? his white glove. Like, you, you have <laughs> you have a character that's dedicated to this, and he just, you know, at some point he gets his crowning moment of badassness where he opens all them chakras. And then dies. Yeah. Thanks, Rock Lee. Yeah, I'm, I'm, more or less, I'm more or less in Mark's camp about this. Just seven rounds, and the... It's... And it's, it's interesting, yeah. right? Like, it's, yeah. it's, it's good that it's there, but it's like, I feel kind of the same way that you guys do about the skill unlocks and that it's good it's filler but it's good filler so okay eh. i could see that yeah i actually to be honest a rule set that they explain in the same chapter that i love and that i've 100 implementing in like all of my games are occult rituals um to be honest occult rituals are taken it's just like 4e yeah exactly they're taken basically from fourth edition and you know i i like a lot of things about uh, fourth edition and i dislike some things about fourth edition obviously but i thought rituals were a real slam dunk you know rituals were a real great way to kind of epitomize uh you know a big facet of fantasy you know magic and i thought that the occult rituals were a great translation to get them into three five uh and i'm 100 percent about them in in my games i think they're good but i think they're more useful for um like, I, I think what the good conceit about why they're published is, like, these things exist rather than the actual rituals themselves, just because then you can kind of be like, oh, yeah, well, this crowd of fucking oh, yeah, I see farmers yeah, summoned yeah, the devil because they used yeah. a ritual rather it's than, totally like, and then people I can't... I would use as a GM more than yeah. I would. You know, I, I wouldn't want to use it as a player. Who cares? You know, like, they'll take way too right. long. Right. I, mean, I, I feel, my, I feel my like there are specific instances, but it's not like, it's like, oh, boy, time to do the ritual casting, guys. It's like, right, it's once in a while you have that, a thing you want to do. Yeah. Well, my point, my point is more like, then it, it can't be like, oh, well, the rules say you can't do that. Like, they have to be a ninth level spellcaster and, exactly. like, have, you know, a baboon's paw 
you know, yeah. growing out of their tongue. I also or something. say, it, I, I, what I also like about it is it really kind of accentuates this flavor that really sucks to me that's not actually in Pathfinder all that much of a bunch of spellcasters working together to accomplish something. You know what I mean? Like, a bunch of people, in, instead of having, you know, the one ninth level caster who just fucking casts wish and gets whatever the hell he wants all the t- you know what i mean it's a bunch of mid low level casters a cabal. 20 50 you're right you know like a giant grouping of these guys all working together to create a truly truly like incredible spell effect that's something that i really like about rituals it's it opens up uh kind of the design it, it opens up yeah. the mechanics underlying that flavor that i would love to have access to as a gm um I, so, yeah. I agree. I just think it's a matter of, um, that, that it's like a inerrant, like it's inherent mechanics flavor kind of thing. Like that's just sort of how Pathfinder is. I think it's good that they're including that as an option, but to kind of, um, I feel like that's a choice that's left up to the GM more than the actual rule set in the sense like, can you do this or whatever? I think it's good. Yeah, the I fact mean, that it's like examples of what you can do yeah. with it. And to I be think completely that's honest, I don't really strength. remember any of the specific ones or care about them, right? Well, one yeah. of them is like the, you the, summon the... like eldritch horrors, basically. Yeah. It's like yeah, no, I'm I'm just saying like the 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 occult ritual section doesn't appeal to me because of the specific rule sets that you know this like the veil structure occult ritual rules text that they gave me, right? The meat of that section to me is the flavor behind it and the creating occult rituals section. Because it's just such a perfect tool to have as a GM, and it's a really important one. Yeah, so I, I've got the, the page open to this uh, um, to this picture of... Uh, Mavaro, the iconic occultist. Oh, is that what, is that what yeah, he is? Yeah, his name is Mavaro. Okay, well, the yeah, fact well, of the matter is... He's like a fat guy, and he's the only fat guy in Pathfinder. Uh, he... he... <laughs> <laughs> he's 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 drawing like these this like you know like eldritch uh El, eldritch he's drawing a circle and he's like putting his face against the wall yeah 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 I'm, oh, I yeah mean, the the eldritch arithmetic and like he's drawing it with chalk i love that theme right this, yeah like, page level like two, they did the math type of deal 213 yeah 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 keeping up with it yeah i i i agree with you 100 that is that is exactly what i'm uh addressing you know that's that's the thing that that makes me makes me a happy camper makes you hard yeah well i was gonna say that but then i was like maybe i want my podcast to be a little more pg damn well fuck that so uh i i was talking about how like how like braced your body would become what were you talking about buddy you know, I feel like this erects some I was talking questions. about I was talking about how how much it makes me want to go to the gym and gym? work what? out. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. That's never, what I was talking never about. Never going to be a battle host without Never going to never going <laughs> to have the ectoplasm bloodline unless you have that six pack. It four exactly. pack. Yeah, exactly, that, that right? Gnome, that gnome physiology that, that 101 gnome, though. Yeah, yeah, boys. Gnomes. We in there though. All right. Uh, I think we've covered this book pretty thoroughly. Yeah, I think so. Uh, I think so too. Okay. Uh, so, what, like, what are your any closing thoughts from you guys? Out of so, like, out of five, how would you rate the uh, the various classes? You know, just comprehensively as far oh. as their additions to the game and blah blah blah. Uh, like, oh, so go down the list. So let's yep. do, let's do kineticist. Um, okay. I'll go first. I think kineticist is is, is like four point five or five out of five. I give it a five. Uh, yeah, I'd probably give it a. 4.5 like 4.75 maybe all right um it uh, if i were to rank kineticist it would be my second favorite class 
Oh, wait, 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 wait. We will do rankings afterwards, buddy. First right. few enough, ratings, God, then buddy. Then rankings. Yeah, wow, God. God. Get that lawfulness. And All right. <laughs> so, medium, I'm going to say the base class is kind of like a three, but I, like, the, the resurrected medium, I'm going to say is like a 4.5, just because it's, it's such a cool theme to me. So, overall, four? Uh, I don't know. If, I don't know if the the reanimated medium Raises is enough. It. Is enough to pull it up. Yeah. But like reanimated medium, four point five. Base medium, three. I'll give it a three five. Uh, it's, it's like a classic, two for right? Me. It is. Oh. Yeah, it's a two. Oof. I'll put it as a two. All right, mesmerist. <laughs> um, I'll give it a three. Uh, uh, again, two base class. I'm gonna say four, four, five. Vexing Daredevil, which is the the Blade right. Dancer class. Uh huh. Buddy. Yeah. Uh, and and also a... also a couple of the like like a cult master gets gets pretty high up there. Yeah. Zero. Zero? Zero. Wow. <laughs> Both of them. I hate it. I think it's bad. It's like it, it's I, I I dislike it more than the Scald. I dislike it more than every other class in wow. advanced class guide. I mean, it's not surprising that you dislike it more than the Scald, since the Scald's the best class. Shut up, Mango. Scald. <laughs> oh my god, Mango, okay. kill yourself. Scald is the only zero class in the game that Paizo's <laughs> If you're rating from negative 100 no, to zero. No, I mean, uh, Unchained, uh, not, uh, sorry, not Unchained. I mean, Baseline, Baseline Summoner is also a zero for me. It, it, it's, yeah. I would never, I, I would see, never, I would, you know... I don't I, think Baseline Summoner is zero. In I fact, I'd give it a one. I wouldn't give it a zero. See, I don't even. I wow, think Baseline Summoner is a a decent. My it's a good thing, idea. It's just the execute. It's the my the, favorite thing to do with up. my yeah. favorite thing to do with with Baseline Summoner is to it's make the noob class. What, what's 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 the what's the bear suit one? Uh, Nicholas Cage. The no, 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 no. What, what is what is the archetype? The broken oh, the synthesis. synthesis. Oh god, that's like, that's a negative. If three. you're playing, if you're playing with a bunch of. Power gamers, you give your noob a synthesis and they compete, and I love that. Like, uh, enough, yeah, yeah. I mean, really, I just, I just think it's poorly designed, and I don't think it has enough flavor to support it. Right? Like, I just would never well, take it in one of my games. To... Plus, there's a, an unchained version of it that's just sure better. Back all to around. the uh, sure. Back, back to, to the occult classes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Fuck mesmerist. I, I mean, this the reason. I say this about the mesmerist is really the I can't get behind that flavor, right? I just okay. it will never be within my suspension of disbelief that this hypnotist guy is implanting hypnotic suggestions among his party members, right? That's just okay. bad flavor that will this, not. This sounds end. like how you found about sound about the shaman. Like the shaman isn't what you like the type of yeah, shaman yeah, that you it's like. The exact same. So well, you I don't mean, like yeah, it. yeah. Well, I mean is, that, is, that might be kind of fair. Um, yeah, it, the, the, like shaman the shaman doesn't too. really shatter my suspension of disbelief the same way that I'm trying to describe. It, I, I just can't believe a mesmerist, right? Okay. It just doesn't, it just fundamentally doesn't make sense in, in my worldview of what I think of as All right, so right? Buddy's closed-minded. Anyway, Moving so that's on. where we think about it. Uh, All right. Uh, occultist. Um, I'm going to say it's, it's, it's a solid four for me. Yeah, I'll give it a four. Four yeah, or five. I'm right, with, I'm right there with you. Straight up four. All right, psychic. Um, I'm gonna say f- four five five. Four five five. Yeah. So far. Or like like no a four point five or a, like somewhere yeah. like somewhere I, up I there. Think, I think the occult like, is it is like a, a four, good four, class. Five. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think. Uh, yeah, my my psychic is definitely a five. I think it's the. I'll give the psychic a, th- a, a four. Like, okay. I don't think there's anything wrong with it, and it it is pretty good. It's just like it's just not that different from the sorcerer okay. for me. All right, and uh, spiritualist. 
Um, I give it a I give it a one. I'm gonna give it a solid three because I read it once and didn't think about it again. I was like, that's there. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. It's 100% middle of the pack three. If somebody wants to play it, great. Otherwise, you know, hey, whatever. All yeah, right. kind of. So, uh, what's what what are the rankings then? I'll I'll uh, I'll go first. Yeah. Okay. I want to go. Uh, kineticist, psychic, reanimated medium, occultist, uh, medium, mesmerist, spiritualist. Yeah, I'll do kineticist, occultist, um, medium, mesmerist, psychic, spiritualist. And that's, like, not, that's not against the psychic, it's just, like, the spiritualist is the only one that I don't really like, and I think that the mesmerist adds more to the game or has the potential to add more to the game than the psychic does. Yes, sir. My uh, my breakdown is psychic to kineticist to occultist to spiritualist to medium to mesmerist. Okay. All right. Well, there's a little something for everyone in this book. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. Moral of the story. If Except you like for, X-Files. Are there, I mean, I mean, a good, I, I, I think another good baseline. Are there any of these classes that you would like hardcore ban you know, in your games. No, no. but that's that's how Not I really. run my games. I yeah, probably I probably wouldn't choice. like if I was going to go through and like start re-editing things again. I'd probably not let people play spiritualists, but that's that's it. The rest of them are fine. Maybe okay, not the mesmerist. No, you know. Yeah, is there anything you'd ban? Well, yeah, mesmerist. You'd yeah. ban it? Mes- yeah, one hundred percent. I wouldn't let anybody... Uh, if they took the right archetype, maybe I would let it go. I do like Vexing Daredevil a lot. Uh, I liked what Buddy, I what if I wanted to play a Mesmerist? That I can't remember. Let me look it up. Uh, what, if, what if we all played Mesmerists and House Rebels? Can I, can I multi-class oh, into Tau? Yeah, so Cultmaster cult Master and Vexing Daredevil were both pretty good. I like those a lot. All right, they, so they we're all going to play Mesmerists and Fe- House Rebels. Well, I want to multi-class <laughs> into we're, we're Tau. All, we're all oh, going to accept each other. Oh, fuck me. <laughs> I psychic duel him. Well, I psychic duel him while he's psychic dueling. <laughs> okay. Your party's greatest weakness. Opposing parties with at least one more character than we have. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, my God. Would... Oh, this is giving me cancer. Anyway. <laughs> All right. Just the idea. Well, I'm Mark. It was great to guest star. Yeah, no. Uh, yeah. So... So yeah, you should uh, check Mark out when he runs them Rise of Runelords games at some derps play or twitch.tv slash some derps play games. If you have your own comments about the Occult Adventures Handbook and you would like to write to us to let us know how right or wrong we are, we can be found at some derps play games at gmail.com. Um, you can also, also comment uh, on the SoundCloud. I, I think that this is a pretty neat little uh, you know archetype for some of our episodes. So if you'd like us to review some other books... Uh, please submit know, it, yeah. Please let us know. We'll bring Mark on. I'm sure he has opinions. Do ACG so that I can complain about the Skald and the Shaman. Yeah, let's let's like the best class <laughs> yeah. um, also, Worst classes ever. Also, no, before kidding. I forget the Psychic Lich, I didn't get to quite, okay. like, you know, orgasm over that enough. But, so instead of a phylactery, you make your own mind space. Like, you make your own mindscape, and they have to destroy that <laughs> to kill you. Otherwise, you go back to it and reform. So you incept yourself and are unable to die. That's, wow, that sounds like the worst thing I've ever heard. <laughs> I know, I, right? Uh, That's amazing. I'd love to pull, throw that at people. I Just know be like, you oh. would love to. I know you would. I would feel horrible doing that to my players. <laughs> Especially, could you imagine doing that when none of them are psychics? 
Like none of them have a psychic yeah. spell list. No, that's the How that's the best part that? because they're like they're like, oh my god, why? I would just I, if I was a player, I would just be like, well, I guess we're just leaving. Like, uh, well, fucking, we'll deal we'll deal with yeah, him when I'm he comes back go, in yeah, seven I'm days. Gonna, I'm Did gonna you guys go know? tell the fucking. That did you know that Rise of the Rune Lords was about psychic glitches? Yeah, did you know <laughs> that, 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 the, that the Return of the Rune Lords is basically uh, predicated on them emerging from their own psychic mindscape? Oh, Christ. It's a, oh, it's a metaphor for coming out of the closet. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. Well, thank you, guys. Yeah, it's been yeah. fun. Alright, so this has been some Derps Talk About Games. Check us out. Twitch.tv slash some Derps Play Games. Um, and uh, email us at subdervesplaygames at gmail.com, either about the episodes or about the streams. Watch Iron Gods on Tuesdays, um, which will be concluding soon, so get caught up or not, and just wait for Hell's Rebels to start, and Rune Lords on usually Mondays? Usually Mondays, sometimes Wednesdays. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> just whenever you want it. Yeah, anyway you, you want it, it, that's the way you, you need, need it. it. Oh, All man. right, farewell. Farewell, dear, dear listeners. listeners. <laughs>